This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good Friday here on Brock and Salt, Seattle Sports on 710. G. Scott will be in in 30 minutes. And, uh, yes, he did spray some of his cologne in the other room. And now the entire room smells like G, which is a nice smell, by the way. I'm afraid to leave this place. Yeah, so uh, is Betsy going to stop by to say hi to G, smell you? She and, texted uh, me. Yeah. She said, I, I probably wouldn't even like it, would I? Do you like it? I think she would like it. <laughs> I would think Betsy would like it. I don't know how anybody wouldn't like it. It smells good. And, you know, we can compare it to Tay Oscar and, you know, the cologne that he uses. We'll get G's thoughts on that. We got a lot sure. going on today. Uh, plus, Stacy's going to be with us to talk through the, her Vanderpump Rules thing. And we'll see if she can convince us that it's interesting. That's at 9 o'clock. I haven't actually confirmed that with her, but I'll uh, go see if I can figure yeah, that hopefully. out. Hopefully. Huh? Don't oversell yet. Yeah, I'll do the best I can. Uh, right now, though, let's get out of Peoria and talk to Shannon Dreyer. We've been doing this every morning at 8 o'clock. Shannon, I know we're going to have to find a new time next week, so we'll text over the weekend. But this has been great. Thanks for doing this over the last few weeks and just chatting with us about everything going on at spring training. Because you, you know, when we were down there, I think I felt right in the middle of it all. And then you come back here and you do feel a little bit removed. Yeah, it's amazing. Even when you're here, there's so much to keep track of. And it's great to have the opportunity to talk about some of the things that, you know, maybe you don't have time to record otherwise. Uh, In the meantime, it looks like some injuries yesterday. Cade Marlowe, Jack Larson, what's going on down there? Well, you know, these things happen in spring training, and Cade Marlowe will keep an eye on. It looked like he was somebody that was going to be able to help the club this year, and I, I would imagine still is. When he came out of the game, they said it was for precautionary reasons, dealing with an oblique, and they really stress that it's mild, but they are getting pictures this morning just to make sure. In the Jack Larson, we don't have a lot of uh, information on that other than that it is hammock bone, and that generally will uh, knock somebody out for a couple of months. Of course, right now, Taylor Trammell is coming back from that, but things seem to be going well with him. He uh, walked in. He's been doing a lot of everything that you can possibly do without really using that hand much, and we've seen him take some one-handed swings and everything else. So we'll just have to wait and see on both of those. How was Marco yesterday? Good. Um, you know, it's everybody in their second outing seems to be a little bit more comfortable. And he went to work, and he's adding a pitch right now. He's adding the slider, and, uh, you know, it's a lot to maintain. He's now up to six pitches. But yesterday he was hitting his spots, uh, using his uh, curveball a little bit more and getting a lot of grounders, which was good to see and interesting to see, too, because without the shift rules, you really kind of wonder how that's going to impact mm-hmm. your pitch-to-contact uh, type players and, and your ground ball guys. You know, it's, it's been all about getting the, the ball, you know, letting your infielders do the work behind you, and that work has gotten that much tougher, which I think ultimately is just going to show how important it was that you did go after a defense guy like Colton Wong at second base. Did you see uh, Passon's tweet yesterday with all of the difference, you know, sort of the comparison from this this time last year to now? I took a really quick look at it, yeah. Man, I mean, the one that stood out to me, I mean, we can talk about the time of game being down fine and, and the couple of extra runs or stolen bases, but the batting average on ground balls – it's up over 20 points. That is a huge, significant difference. Yeah, but if you think about it, what we've looked at, because it wasn't all of a sudden like 
everybody bought into the shift at the same time. It took a long time for the shift to really take over the game the way it did. And we saw those averages just kind of drop slowly. Mm -hmm. But they're dramatically different before, you know, now you don't worry too much about a 235 hitter. That's not absolutely terrible as it used to be. Oh, you're hitting 275. That's great. I think there were only 11 qualified players who hit 300 last year. So, you know, you know, good for the hitters. They're, they're getting some points back. They're getting some hits back. And it'll be interesting to see how it impacts the game. And also just one of the things I keep going back to is what Scott Service talked about with Jared Kelnick a couple of days ago. It's going to make a world of difference just psychologically for these players when they're able to get one through and go home and say, hey, it was one for three. That's not terrible as opposed to I was over three. I'm terrible. I need to start making changes. Mm-hmm. So this is good for the hitters all around. Yeah, I liked your I liked your piece on that over the weekend, or maybe it was earlier this week, and I ended up quoting that quite a bit yesterday. And I thought that was interesting that Scott said that. It's a good point. I'll throw one more at it. Right? Let's say it's uh, you know to start an inning and you hit a ground ball to the right side that last year would have been uh, right into the shift, but now it goes through. Now you got a man on first, and maybe that guy's got a little speed. And now all of a sudden you can put the game in motion. And now, you know, I don't know if this brings the hit and run back into it. I don't know whether that'll ever come back to baseball and mass the way it used to. But do you move the game around a little bit and all of a sudden there's more holes open? And does that raise batting average even more? Maybe it ends up sort of compounding upon itself. Which, you know, at what point are you then? Okay, now we got to give the pitcher something no, back. You know, no, that would be just fine. <laughs> that type of stuff would be great. I would love to see that. You know, I get, I, this is another one of those things. I know why the hit and run disappeared, but wouldn't it be great to have it come back? It's a fun play, even though it hasn't made sense statistically for the last few years. Well, if you've got guys who can do it, then why wouldn't you do that? You know, unless there are other things that they can do too. You know, it, it, it's it's not necessarily, again, you're kind of looking at, you know, well, you can move the guy over with a bunt right now, but is it worth the out? You know, you've got a guy that can perhaps, you know, rather than hit and run, you know, is going to hit a double to a gap in the outfield or something like that. I don't, you know, we'll see where that goes because the analytics will play into mm-hmm. it as well. But the whole idea is, you know, let's get baseball back. You know, let's, let's get the action on the bases. Let's, let's kind of get away from, you know, the strikeout or the home run. Not that either are bad, There's, but they've just become too prominent in, in this game. And, and hitting is a part of this game. You know, actual hitting is something that has been appreciated, as has been strategy, as has been putting a game in motion, as has been seeing just a faster pace in some sort of action yeah. out on the field. And, I mean, that's kind of what baseball has traditionally been. You've got guys that can do different things. It's not all cookie-cutter players and cookie-cutter offenses, and this kind of helps bring it back that way, and we'll see if it raises the value of certain players as well, which will also encourage that kind of skill set. Hey, uh, Jerry kind of poo-pooed this yesterday. I was asking him about uh, you know, just whether or not that trade market is starting to heat up at all, and he said, no, it's not. But I look at what's happening with the Yankees right now where they're already out one pitcher in Montas, and now it looks like Rodon's going to be shut down until at least May, and that's a forearm strain. I'm sure you and I can both guess at where that could be headed if it doesn't heal. All of a sudden you're looking at Tommy John. Could Could Yankee fans be a little putting a little pressure on to go find a veteran starter. And boy, what if you were a team that had some extra veteran starters around? Yeah. You know, where would you go for that? (laughs) Mariners should certainly be on the list if that's the situation. And, you know, I would be shocked if we didn't see deals and trades by the end of spring training. That's what always happens, not just with the Mariners, but across baseball. And, uh, you know, again, I keep hearing that the feeling is, is the Mariners, 
uh, have one more move in them or one piece to add before the spring is over. So, I, you know, I, will it be a pitcher and will it, who will it be? We're going to have to wait and see. But I, I cannot imagine that anybody is going to go into the season shorthanded and the Mariners have surplus and I expect to see something. What do we have on tap this weekend? Who's pitching? What are we looking for? Uh, I saw the lineup today. It looks like we're going to see Kelnick in center field, Ty France back in there. Uh, so we're going to see some of the A guys. What are we looking for this weekend? Well, we're looking, you know, first I'm starting with today, George Kirby, the second chance to see him. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, and, you know, we saw Logan get three innings yesterday and George, uh, or a couple of days ago, and you want to see George and what he's able to do. And he's working on the splitter a little bit and you know, how prominent a pitch will that be for him. A little interested to see Robbie Ray because we didn't see him the last time around because his day came up on an off day. So he pitched, uh, you know, just a sim game on a backfield. Very interested to see the splitter that he is throwing. So, you know, there's going to continue with the rotation today. Very excited. We've got some live BPs. Andres Munoz is throwing another one, and he has looked like Andres Munoz in the bullpens and in the one live BP he's uh, throwing. They see no need to throw him into games until they absolutely have to and really looking to give him a little bit more of a break that Casey Sadler's going to get back up on the hill and mm. face a hitter today. So he's got a live BP. You know, he's not going to start. He's gonna, if, if you can keep him healthy and get him going, that's a huge addition to this bullpen, doing things a little bit differently with that curveball. So he's not going to start the season. Uh, there's just not enough time right now. He's, and he's going to need some minor league starts before the season gets going, but that would be such a plus. And then really kind of our first look at Brian Wu, the name that you heard all winter. It's who is Brian Wu? And we finally get to see him in a live BP. They've been slow with him as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. We're actually going to talk to him, I think, uh, tomorrow. Cool. So we'll sit down with him as well. He looks good. Just seeing him walk around the the premises. Like, oh, that guy looks like he might have a little something. He carried himself and has the build and everything else. Any truth to the rumor, Shannon, that Cal Raleigh was fined a little bit for being overweight after eating both a Shannon Dreyer Blondie and a Jane Salk Brownie? <laughs> <laughs> I think he survived oh, okay, it. Okay, good. Man, you know, that was a real fun conversation with Cal Raleigh who wanted to break down the blondie and it just really did not quite get the concept of brown butter. Mm. I think a lot of people don't. I think you really got to be a baker to to understand what's going on there. But Shannon makes a mean blondie. My mom makes a mean brownie. And uh, when those two combined, uh, there were a few Mariners who couldn't say no. So that's all I'm saying. If the Mariners are overweight this year, we can blame Shannon and my mom, apparently. All right, Shannon, thank you. Have a great weekend. Uh, I'll text you later. We'll see if we can figure out the best time to chat next week. We'll get it worked out. Thanks. There you go. There is Shannon Dreher. Uh, I've loved doing this. Unfortunately, we got the uh, the time change, which is going to kind of screw everything up because Arizona doesn't do daylight saving time. So uh, we're going to figure that out. Don't forget, you got to uh, spring forward this weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's Moore's great. birthday. Just what we need is an extra uh, hour of sleep missed. That's totally. perfect for us. That's yeah. the only thing I was missing. That's good. I was going to tell you guys this morning. You know what I need? Less sleep. One less hour. Yeah. You know, I kind of had it last night. I kind of got a sense of it. I, I had about a half hour of being awake when Wendell needed to wake up to uh, use the use the bathroom in the middle of the night again. So um, you want to tell everybody how you did that? Uh, you, what? Going outside and just my boxers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't like walking down the street. I was just in my yard. <laughs> 
wasn't like <laughs> I didn't have a leash on walking down the street with a poop bag just Any wearing my boxers. Just like sees a man in his boxers and I mean, somebody's it's two yard in the morning. In the I morning. feel like you get a pretty good sense of what's going on out there. <laughs> Plus, it already looks like I'm wearing a shirt. I got so much hair. I mean, like no one, no one's gonna think that I'm naked out there. G Scott will join us in twenty, and uh, we'll give you everything you actually need to know next. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on seven ten and SeattleSports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. I'll tell you what, we'll talk more to Gino, to uh, G Scott about this in a few minutes, but the G, the, I just confused them entirely. The Gino Smith contract just keeps getting better and better. Two guys with uh, G first names and uh, S last names. In any event, I tell you, the Seahawks nailed this one. The more you look at it, the better off it looks. And I know a lot of conversation yesterday was about the, the all the bonuses and all the incentives. And that's great if Gino ends up having essentially the year he had last year or improves upon it. He's going to make a lot of extra money, which is good. Good for him. That's fantastic. From a Seahawks perspective and a fan perspective, what I think is most interesting is the fact that they were reporting Mike Garofalo yesterday. The guarantee is only one year. One year. So if you do draft somebody in the first round this year, the second round, and by the end of the year, you think he's ready, or if Gino regresses and you want out, you can absolutely do that after one season. And Gino knows that may very well be the case. Competition brings out the best in everybody. So I I don't see why not. You know, I'm going to compete regardless, and I'm going to have that chip on my shoulder regardless. I'm never going to, you know, feel complacent. You know, I have to continue to work hard. I have to continue to grow. And so... You know, whoever they draft, whether it's another quarterback or, you know, any position, I'm going to help that player be the consummate professional, but also be a great player because that's my job as a leader and a quarterback. That was yesterday with Bump and Stacy. They did a great job of that interview. You can find it at seattlesports.com. Also yesterday, uh, the Seahawks cutting ties with both Gabe Jackson and Ben Burkirvan. That should save them about $6.5 million against the cap. And John Schneider telling Wyman and Bob that, yes, they have had some initial conversations with Bobby Wagner. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, it was ugly early. Kraken got down 3-0. They called timeout. It seemed to work. They scored once. They scored twice. They scored thrice. Schultz out of the corner. Spots McCann out of the box. Sprung. Here they come. Gord in the zone. Sprung. Up a stick. They score. Jared McCann. Right place. Right time. Sprung's released. Joins the fray. Yeah, that ball, or puck rather, essentially hit him in the chest. You have rock with the balls in hockey. Well, what can I tell you? (laughs) But just the way it ricocheted and everything was just a very strange goal. Anyway, that tied it up. They got up 4-3, and then they gave up two goals to lose the game. Really frustrating, aggravating from a fan perspective. It was a bad loss. That's one you probably want to win. Uh, Or at the very least, come up with a tie, right? Come up with, you know, get your point. And it felt like they could have done that as they were tied in the third period. Unfortunately, got away from them. Both L.A. and Vegas win yesterday. So not a good day for the Kraken. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, you heard Shannon say that Marco Gonzalez looked pretty good yesterday with what is now all six of his pitches. They take care of business against Team Canada. Cal Raleigh had three hits. Tommy Lastella with a hit in his first bat of the spring. And then Kate Marlowe removed with some oblique soreness. Sounds today like they are a little more concerned about that than they let on yesterday. He's going to have x-rays, etc. to determine the severity of that. Also, Prelander Baroa had his first rough outing. Gave up a multi-home run shot. Er, 
multi-run home run shot. Mariners, what is wrong with me? I can't even talk today. What is happening? You know what? I quit. I'm out. I'm just going to play other people talking. Here's Jerry DePoto on the trade market. No, not at all. Uh, You know, right now it's still very quiet in that regard. Most teams are still assessing what they have internally. And, you know, and and like us, you know, when you go out and watch us play right now, you get excited watching the Perlander Barroas and the Bryce Millers and the Emerson Hancocks and, and, and what they're doing. It's not difficult to squint as a front office and say, okay, if we get to this point and, and these guys get pushed into action, we're confident they can do it. And, you know, and two weeks from now, when you're actually staring at opening day on the horizon and you're in that position, you might feel a little bit differently. Well, I pointed this out earlier and I talked about it with Shannon. I'll say it again. Just keep your eye on the Yankees. They lost Montas. Now they have Rodon, who has uh, got a forearm strain of some sort. It's going to be shut down until at least May. Just keep your eye on the Yankees to see whether or not they are looking for a veteran starter. And then a big change from yesterday. No charges filed against former Sonic Sean Kemp for whatever his role was in the shots that were fired at the Tacoma Mall parking lot. He will not be charged. Yeah, just talking to G off the air about this. And very strange how it ends up being reported as a drive-by shooting when you saw videos clearly not in a car when it happened. So anyway, uh, Sean Camp, no charges filed. That is everything you need to know. And we do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show. I uh, got a lot of texts uh, either supporting or against my going outside uh, in my boxers at night, <laughs> in the middle of the night, to let the dog out. My favorite. Yeah, which one? Looks like you're not the only person that has to do that. Right. I see a few people saying it. Andrew and Elma says, oh, that explains the recent Sasquatch sightings yep. in Green Lake. That's my favorite <laughs> That's one. not very nice. Uh, 360, unnecessary visual for a Friday. Salk in his boxers and perma sweater standing in his yard at 2 a.m. watching <laughs> Wendell do his business. These are the kind of things that lead people to day drink <laughs> And not the good kind. Understood. But yeah, 253. I'm with Salk. T-shirt and underwear. Taking the dogs out in the middle of the night. No shame there. Another 253. I'm so glad I'm not the only guy taking my dog yeah. out at 3 a.m. my boxers. It's not like I want to be, but he just started. I, I wish I could, you could hear the sound he makes. Like you're sleeping Aww. and he's in bed with you. And this is a new thing he started doing in old age. Where he starts going. Mm. Like Yoda? Mm. Sounds like the Gelflings <laughs> in the Dark Crystal. <laughs> you're like oh my god i mean try sleeping through that when it's like two feet from your ear and then you kind of wake up a little bit and it smells rotten so you're like oh something's going on and then you kind of like hope that your wife will get up and get out of bed and do it and then she doesn't and you're like ah this is now on me and so yeah that's why i end up outside of my underwear what can Sad. i tell <laughs> all right g scott uh, probably has no idea what i'm talking about but he smells good and he'll be in next brock and salt seattle sports on 710 seattlesports.com this, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports Sports God, no, the people have not been given what they wanted over the course of the last few weeks. What's up with that? Where y'all been, bro? Where y'all been? First of all, let's get to all the orders of business. Uh, let me just tell you guys what's going on behind the scenes. Mm. Mike Salk wanted me to see something on his phone. Mm. And here's the thing about Mike Salk. Let me just tell y'all. 
He was comfortable with me swiping left on his pictures, and he, he didn't even get over me. Ooh. There's no way in the world I can hand somebody my phone and be like, you go ahead and do the swiping. You feel me? <laughs> I'm going to do the swiping for you. I mean, Mike Sox, so if, if Heather is listening I'm right trusting, now, very, I just trusting. Want, very trusting. Yeah. Uh, so that's one. Two, let me let you guys also know what's going on. Uh, our good buddy Justin, I took care of him this morning. Mm. Laura will tell you guys. He was blushing. What are you blushing about, Justin? I smell like I've never smelled before. <laughs> I am a little worried. Like he was worried. already anticipating the attention he was going to get? Yeah. yeah. Just, I'm a little worried I'm right going to just turn into a magnet when I leave this place. I'm just be like, hey, everybody, please take, take a few steps back. I now, know I smell great. Now, if, what was that you, you put on him? I put some of that Creed on him, that oh, Creed okay. Aventus. Now, if Betsy really does exist, <laughs> you feel me? She's going to like that. We tried it's a to get formidable to, scent. <laughs> we tried to get her to come by this out. Uh, this uh, She's gonna love it at this point to smell Justin, meet you, etc. But so far, no luck. Okay, stings uh, the nostrils. <laughs> you you were on our brain actually <laughs> while we were at spring training last week. So we met Teoscar Hernandez. Have you seen Teoscar yet? That, you, you say he's good looking, right? He's good. He's pretty good looking, dude. What do we think? What's what's the consensus? Mara. Maura, Justin. Yeah, he has yeah. an immaculate really, beard. Really, yeah. great really smile. nice smile. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty good, pretty good looking. Sounds like you're describing G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some similarities there. You just speak about Smells yourself good. in the third person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't talk about yourself in the third person. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That. It's kind of weird. Uh, Teoscar's a nice looking fellow. And when he was on with Bump and Stacey, I think it was Curtis at the time, uh-huh. who commented on how great he smelled yeah. after he left the room. So I thought I should at least ask him about that. This came up when you when you were up for the other day uh, at uh, for the media meetings. One of our mid you went on with our midday show, and we heard afterwards that you left a beautiful smell from your cologne. So I was asked. G asked me to ask, so I thought I would do so. Do you wear a specific cologne, or do you just naturally smell great? Both. <laughs> <laughs> what do you wear? What is the cologne you? Wear? Uh, it's from uh, Ugo Boss. Oh, Hugo Boss. Oh, yeah. All right. Now we know. G right. will be happy. I promised mm-hmm. him I would ask. Now I've embarrassed myself in front of Teo. Hey, <laughs> thank you. My guy, I ain't I ain't up on a Hugo Boss though. I, I, hey, I'm I'm gonna look it up. Uh, no doubt about it. Put no. that in, <laughs> put that put that in the arsenal. You right. know what I'm saying? But yeah, I'm well, we'll see if, we, if there's details. If if there are multiple ones, we'll see if we can figure out what it is that Teo's using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, quite pungent. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, so so Justin's feeling good. Feel um, I'm nervous. I just want to come in here and let you guys know that He's I'm nervous. really nervous about. The Seattle Seahawks. Absolutely. Sometimes you ever have that feeling you, you you come home and your significant other says, hey, made you your favorite meal. I just want to let you know, sit on down. Everything's perfect for you. And you're like, hey, it's a trap. It's a trap. Uh, <laughs> what's going on? It's a trap. Get an axe. What? I have not felt like this going into a season in the offseason with the Seahawks. Probably since 2015. Wow. Let me explain. Everything is going so great right now, Mm. right? You got, I mean, returning. You got two rookie tackles that come back next year. You have an amazing running back that's going to come back next year. You have a secondary that's going to come back next year. And then you're hearing about the X. Right? You guys are hearing about the Mm -hmm. X and the possibility of number 54, Mr. Bobby Wagner, and how that could be a come on back home type thing. That's going on. Geno Smith signs a deal that both 
people are happy. Both parties are happy. Seahawks are happy. Geno Smith is happy. I'm going to ask you guys if the fans are happy. But all I'm trying to say, Mike Salk, mm-hmm. is things are going way too good, mm. and they got the number five pick. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Man, what's going on? <laughs> I, I miss the days of, should we fire John and Pete? Uh, <laughs> what's going on here? And we worried about that. Uh, Seahawks fans, talk to your boy. Well, Why it, are things I, so I hope good? people are watching on the stream today at SeattleSports.com or yeah. on the Seattle Sports app. You got to see G's face with the sunglasses and the hat pulled low on the stream. Mm. Dude, it is a riot. I'm just look, I'm, Rather than looking at you next to me, I'm enjoying looking at the TV. TV camera to see how ridiculous Gee, the indoor sunglasses if you're, if you're feeling nervous now, how were you feeling a month ago? Same. I mean, I, no. I mean, no, no. Right now, I'm really nervous because right now the Seattle Seahawks have basically said, come on in. We've made you your favorite meal. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, we drew you a bath. We got rose petals for you to walk up into that. Mark, come on now. It was sounding good now. You're tiptoeing. And, and all I'm saying is, is okay, how about this? Salk, you mm-hmm. have a you're very good at this. Give me something to complain about if you are a Seahawk fan right now. Mm-hmm. They uh, The only thing I've been able to find to complain about, and obviously, as I'm sure you know, I've been looking for things because that's sort of my nature. <laughs> the biggest thing you should be complaining about right now if you're the Seahawks, what is your absolute number one biggest need this offseason without a shadow of a doubt? Defensive, interior defensive line. It's not close, right? I mean, maybe Al Woods is back, but he's an old man. We'll see whether or not he wants to play again. Maybe Shelby Harris is back, but he was in and out all of last year. Heard a lot, not particularly effective. Good when he was in, not great. Puna Ford doesn't fit this scheme particularly well. Brian Monet hurt. And what you got last year from that group was really, quite frankly, well below par. Mm-hmm. So the biggest need you have, and it's not close, yeah. is defensive tackle help. And this is an awful defensive tackle draft class. And by all accounts, not a great defensive tackle uh, free agent class. I mean, you're basically looking at Javon Hargrave and what's the guy's name in uh, in Denver. There's like two, maybe three guys total. Draymond Jones. Uh, thank you, Draymond Jones. And that's about it. So, yeah, we can talk Bobby Wagner and that'd be nice. But is Bobby going to be any better than he was if you still can't put better people in front of him in the defensive line? Uh, survey says no. He's mm-hmm. not going to be. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, look, I'm happy that's a nice reunion. I'm happy. I love the Geno Smith deal from the Seahawks' perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot, you're right, to be happy about the five pick, the 20 pick, et cetera. But if you can't fix that defensive line, <sighs> I'm still going to say that's the biggest hole in this team, and it's one that the other teams in your, in your division are going to continue to exploit. I think that's fair. I think Mike Salk, you definitely come up with a fair, a good complaint. Uh, a good complaint. I'm good uh, something, at this. Thank something, you for putting me in a position to succeed. <laughs> uh, it I is, it is something to worry about. I think that if you ask uh, John Schneider and you ask Pete Carroll, hey, you know, what, what do you think about the D line? Mm. I think the two of them would be like, uh, yeah, we, we they need to get better. And the reason why is because John Schneider, Pete Carroll, and everyone that's listening right now, we have something to go off of. We know, we know what the standard is because at one point in time, the Seattle Seahawks was the focal point mm-hmm. on how a defensive line goes, right? It wasn't no more of the, uh, uh, that time. No, it was the NASCAR third down. Remember? Mm-hmm. Remember when you had Mike Bennett, Cliff Averill, right? But they've kind of you, moved you, away from that now with this 3-4. And I mean, it's a, 
I don't know. I, I, I'm curious to see where this goes. Pete kind of mentioned right uh, last week with us that it did take them a little while to adapt to their scheme last year. Yet, yeah, no kidding. No matter how many times he told us last year, it wasn't the scheme. Scheme's fine. Scheme's fine. I mean, we're not blind. Right. The scheme was obviously part of the problem and trying to figure out how to adapt to it with the personnel they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the good news for them is the edge rushers that will be available for them that fit this 3-4. Yeah. There's a lot of them. And, you know, whether it's Leonard Floyd or Frank Clark or I mean, there's a lot of people out mm-hmm. there that are pretty good fits for what the Seahawks want to do in this scheme. Mm-hmm. But I just keep looking at those those big guys up front. And yeah, all right. Let's say you bring Bobby back. Let's say it's at small money. So you're not worried about overpaying a linebacker. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. All right. We can have that conversation. I mean, first of all, who doesn't love Bobby? Right. But there's a reason they cut him before. It was partly money. It was partly productivity. And if the argument is, yeah, but look at the guys in front of him, well, who are the guys going to be in front of him now? They got to get better. I'd say, I'd say it was probably ninety nine percent money, right? Like Bobby Wagner can still play. Bobby Wagner can still impact a locker room. Bobby Wagner would be really good for this organization, for mm-hmm. this franchise to be back here. I think the vast majority of the reason why was that it was that twenty million dollar tag, okay. and 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 I think when you talk about business, right on the business side of things, the Seattle Seahawks and Bobby Wagner, you know, they just had a quick little breakup. But sometimes you uh, you break up to make up. That's all. That's all we do. That's the song. How do you feel about uh, Jalen Carter? After what happened last week, Should, is this a concern? You're pretty tapped into that world of college football and, you know, who's a good kid, who's who's not, et cetera. How big a story is what happened with Jalen Carter and uh, his arrest for a misdemeanor? Well, first of all, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad what, what happened. Yeah. Um, I'm sad that individuals uh, died uh, in this whole thing. Um, and as far as the uh, Jalen Carter uh, situation, as far as will the impact, I'm sure he is sorry about his uh, involvement with the speeding. But do I think that there is a GM that's going to wake up on the morning of the draft Kiss their wife and say, hey, Lois, I'll see you tonight. And it's actually will say, no, I'm not picking Jalen Carter. <laughs> Heck no. Jalen Carter is going top five. And if you and if you are a GM that passes up on Jalen Carter, good luck, because there's another GM that's like, oh, thank you. So you think the Seahawks should take him at five if he's there? No, I think they should take quarterback. Okay. I think they should take a quarterback uh, at number five. And I think that the Seahawks are in a great position. I don't think you can lose right, so, with so Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or my man uh, Richardson right, out so, there in Florida. But, but hold on. Let me let me walk you through a scenario that is entirely plausible for Talk to draft. your boy. Talk to me. Let's say the first four picks are in some order. Okay. Bryce Young. Okay. Will Anderson. Okay. Richardson. Okay. And Stroud. Mm. <laughs> At that point, you're taking Carter? You, you're really good at this radio. Well, I'm just no, saying, no, 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 but that's not an impossible no, 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 situation. No, no. no, no. The, somebody not. trades up with the Bears. The Bears take Anderson at, at four or two or wherever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. The other three teams ahead of you all need quarterbacks, and those are the three that go. And so now, all of a sudden, it's staring you in the face, and your decision is basically Jalen Carter, yeah. Tyree Wilson, mm-hmm. Will Levis, mm-hmm. or trade back. I ain't taking Will Levis for okay. nobody. Well, I'm just telling you, those I mean, are your choices no, at that point. ain't got point. no season on the food. All um right. I'm going to take Jalen Carter right there. Very good scenario. I'm going to take Jalen Carter. And by the way, I'm going to take Jalen Carter. The Seahawks are in a situation to take him and not have to worry. Why? 
because they got a quarterback, mm-hmm. right? And then you take your chances in the second round and see what happens you in like that, that case. like that Hooker in the second round? He's solid out of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He cool. It was interesting. We talked to Matt Stinchcomb this week. He liked Hooker better than either Levis or Richardson. He was like, he was totally out on both those guys. Like, look, they haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. And I get his point, right? You're on both on both of those two. You're really going on their ability, their traits, their size, their ability to throw the ball. Not so much on what they've accomplished in college football because neither of them accomplished all that mm-hmm. much. No. How do you feel about that, about going down that road with, especially with Richardson, because you just said you liked him. How would you feel about drafting at number five a player that really hasn't done anything in college football? Because nobody cares what you do in college football. Richard Sherman didn't do nothing in college football. Doug Baldwin didn't do nothing in college football. Did you even know who Cliff Averill was? Did you know who Mike Bennett was? Mike Bennett was here in 2009. I remember Mike Bennett. By the way, that Mike Bennett was real quiet, didn't talk at all. He didn't make the 53. Nobody cares what you did in college. Ask Tim Tebow. Right? It only matters what you do at the show. When the lights are on, and the lights are on in the NFL, nobody cares about what you do in that situation. So in the case of this, you you want to do upside, right? You want to look at, and I think the GMs, where they make their money, where the Seattle Seahawks have made their money, John Schneider and Pete Carroll, they have been able to look at a college player and be like, this is what they are going to be. Now, we're talking about Jalen and Jalen Carter. We're talking about Will Anderson. We're talking about all of these players that were really successful in college. Do this. Talk about the players that we're not talking about because that is where you hit your home run, right? Well, but, so so that would then. I mean, if if what you're saying is we should wipe out some of their college success, I'm not saying that. Oh, okay. I'm I, no no no. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm saying that sometimes that what. GMs and or scouts see on film mm-hmm. is different than what we see on film because sure. they are Absolutely. looking they're, totally get it. they're looking at it from a place of but, I mean this is what we need this is where we see this guy in two to three some years. Point, and by the way, I'm I'm, I, I'm fascinated by Richardson. I haven't watched him play a lot, but I'm fascinated Gosh, by the size, too. strength, etc. Feels too. like there's a lot of Brock made a pretty good comp. Or maybe it was somebody else this week. Brock a body comp. Brock uh, yeah, body comp. This may shock you. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a pretty interesting comp though to Dante Culpepper. Big, strong arm, defensive line size. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. interesting comp. Mm-hmm. And. Dante Culpepper was pretty good before he got hurt. I mean, we kind of forget how good that guy actually was. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a that's a pretty interesting one. Josh Allen's obviously yeah. going to be a pretty good comp yeah. for him yeah. as well, just how big and physical and willing to run over people he is. I got one for you. Stamp it right now. Mar, take a picture, a screenshot, because we got texters that's Here listening right now. You guys text, text in. Call it right now. Which quarterback is is going to be the best quarterback, the one that we are talking about in five years in this draft. Is it Bryce Young? Is it C.J. Stroud? Is it is it is it Hooker? Is it Richardson? Is it Levis? Get, text in right now. We're going to take a screen. I, I, I can't who answer. Is the, who I, is the quarterback? See, I haven't watched these guys play enough. That, you have. Who's it going to that, be? That's I where you make your money. you love Bryce Young. I know that you love Bryce Young. And by the way, when you start talking traits, he's shorter than Russell Wilson. He's lighter than Russell Wilson, right? He did it at Alabama, which can credit I, to him, he did it against the SEC defenses, can I but bo- with every advantage of the offenses I, around him. Can I can I bore you guys with a little Bryce Young story? Yeah. 
this dude is a flat-out winner. I've been knowing this young man since he was in eighth grade. Seven-on-seven circuit, all the different circuit, great young man, great family, know his parents and everything like that, all, all that. But this part, this story right here, I don't know if I've told it before, but this is when I knew Bryce Young was going to be special. On the seven-on-seven team, my son's team, by the way, there's all kinds of first-rounders going to be on. On the seven-on-seven team, down at the opening, Bryce Young is, is the starting quarterback. He's doing his thing. But then this unknown dude who just got a late invite to the opening by the name of C.J. Stroud is also on the team. So then they're going back and forth rep for rep. So my son has C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young as his quarterbacks. No, no, no. Here's the, here's the part where I knew Bryce Young's going to be special. Now, C.J.'s good. He's doing his thing. So the coaches felt towards the mid, towards the end, as we got ready to go to the championship, which they won the championship, they felt that C.J. Stroud gave them the best chance. So Bryce Young was on the bench. Do you guys know that Bryce Young was the biggest cheerleader for C.J. Stroud in the team the entire time? It was that moment, y'all, that I said, He's special. That sounds very familiar. He's special. That story sounds very, very familiar. Does it remind you of anybody else as you tell that story? Does it remind you of any other quarterback currently in the NFL? Because it certainly reminds me of one. Man, don't mess up my story. Why? Who? Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you just basically told the Jalen Hurts college story, right? He gets benched at halftime of the Mm -hmm. national championship game for Tua, and he no one was happier than him for Tua and for the win and everything that went down. He waited a year. He did the exact same thing the next year coming in to lead them, and then he transferred, and, you know, the rest is history. But, yeah, that's a very similar situation. But yeah. That's cool do it in college. Cool do it in seven-on-seven seven. at his height and size. He's been, and he's been his height and size his whole life. I know. He Like, like he, ladies and gentlemen, eighth grade he was small. Ninth grade he was small. Tenth grade he was small. He'd been small. Imagine. I don't know you if you're listening right now. I don't. What is your thing, right? Sometimes you can get a really good-looking significant other and not be good-looking. Trust me. I know. That's me. <laughs> You got to be able to work with your weaknesses in life. So what you're saying is that Bryce Young's got a really good cologne. No, I'm just saying that he understands who he is no, better than anyone. But, and, I, but you're saying his ha- cologne is called Winner. Right. Yeah, he's got Winner cologne <laughs> all over him. 60% of the time, it works Now, every time. But, but again, I think that those three quarterbacks, I, this is what I predict. I predict that those three quarterbacks... Richardson, C.J. Stroud, and Bryce Young. I think that they will be the best three quarterbacks ever in the history of the game together. Because usually drafted in the same in the same, the year, same, in the same year. Because Piper's saying it could be the best since Rivers, Roth- Rivers, Roethlisberger, Eli. Good one. Because usually, guys, when there's three quarterbacks that's in the first round or the first fifteen picks, I mean Marino, they, Elway, they, Kelly. I, I mean, I mean, come on. G. Yeah, it's a different game. Well, okay, but to be better than Marino, no, 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 Elway, okay. and Kelly, that's going to take a lot. Can, can, can we just go current day? Well, I'm just saying that's 1983 quarterback class. That's three of the okay, six okay. that were taken that I don't, year. Okay, until further notice, that, that might right. be the best. You may, have okay. to, you may have to allow for Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, and John Elway all being drafted mm-hmm. in the same season, along with Tony East and Ken O'Brien and Todd Blackledge. 
six guys drafted in the first round, 83 quarterback class. That was pretty good. We might have to allow for that. Who'd the Bears get that year? Oh, they still have Jim McMahon. Different game back then. Free agency's different. Yeah. But I'm not taken away from that. Okay. You're absolutely right. No, this this group could be special. And I and I love the Bryce Young thing. And I love, you know, Stroud to me seems like the lowest floor. Like he seems like the safest pick. Right? Like he's he's a accurate passer. He's gonna he's gonna perform well in the NFL. I would think of all of those guys, the safest pick is CJ Stroud. You want to know what my favorite thing is about C.J. Stroud? Yes, I'm a little biased. Of course, he's an Ohio State Buckeye quarterback. But let me just tell you guys this, and I told other people this, GM, whatever. The, my most favorite thing about C.J. Stroud is this. He's never too high. He's never too low. He is the exact opposite of me, mm. right? He is so calm. Like, he's the person that if they're, let's just say. Just like at Russell a, Wilson. At a, at a bar. Why do you mess up good stories, man? I've been waiting for you to mess up a good story. Good Lord. Sorry, go ahead. If he's at a bar. If he's at a bar and, 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 and an altercation breaks out, mm. C.J. Stroud is the one to control and make sure the situation is okay. That is his demeanor and I, you just can't go wrong with a quarterback like this like that he is going to be a leader of a locker room because he's not he's not a, and by the way CJ is not really a he's not really a talker like that right but CJ is uh when he does talk people listen mm. and I'm talking about dogs listen I'm talking about locker rooms where in that Buckeye locker room there's dogs and CJ Strauss say something and it's like okay let me let me quiet it up I think he's going to make a Instant impact on whatever team that he's a part of. I don't know much about Richardson. Yeah, he's other, the wild card. That's right. what I was going to say. He is the complete wild card. Physical freak, right? I mean, just what he did at the combine is insane. No huge arm, under fifty percent passer in a lot of his games. Never, you know, a fifty was he fifty seven percent or something in his career. I mean, I know you can tell me the college numbers don't mean a lot, but gee. Those are some scary numbers at, at Florida. So, I, look, I'm fascinated by him. I hope the Seahawks have that conversation. And if John's in love, John should take him. There's no doubt about it. If, you, if you're in love and you think that you got Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or whatever it is, you, you got to go do it. And Gino gave them every opportunity now with the contract that he signed to go do whatever they want in this year's draft. One, one last thing. I'll leave you with this. Yes. One thing about a draft pick, I don't care how much talent that that draft pick has. Mm. I don't care what they did in college. The organization that they're drafted to matters. Yeah. Justin Fields is really good. Justin Fields is really good. He's in a terrible organization. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, do. The Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns have had how many quarterbacks in the last 20 years? They got where that fixed you, now, though, right? Where, mm, <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, Gene Ursula starts at 9 o'clock or soon after every morning on our sister station, 97.3 Cairo News Radio. Uh, It is Maura's birthday tomorrow. Don't forget to wish her a happy birthday. Maura, happy birthday, girl. Thank you. What you going to do for your birthday? I don't know. I was telling them I didn't realize till Wednesday that it was my birthday this week. She forgot it was her birthday. These things happen. Uh, you know. I don't know. I As you get into your late we 20s, these on, things happen. You know, did, 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 Mike, did Mike Salt get you anything for your birthday? I don't, I don't know. It's not. It's tomorrow. <laughs> oh, hey! So he got me a Christmas present, and I did not get him one this year. I, I gave him one last year. Maura told me that she was thinking about going to the plant nursery for her birthday. So, 
Because he got he got me a uh, Swanson's nursery gift card for Christmas that I haven't used. I need a new plant. I killed the one I have. <laughs> Mar, come, that's Mar. not what I'm going to do for my birthday. But Mar. I said I should use that. that like this a sad birthday. Mar, I Mar, tell you. don't be telling. Don't be, don't be telling the damn people you go into the nursery for your birthday. <laughs> well, I didn't. Justin just <laughs> said that. Yeah, that's on me. That's right. Something I might do this weekend. That's not my birthday plan. Are you going to tell people what you're doing this weekend, or is that a secret? Going to tell people where you're going? Is it tonight or tomorrow night? Oh, tomorrow night. I don't see it. You know, where are you going? No. Come on. I can't be telling people where I'm going. I'm going to to Bellevue. Well, they're a big sponsor of the show. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to Ascend. There we go. I didn't know. I'm going to Ascend. Shout out to Ascend. I'm going out to Shout out to Lainey. Go say hi to her for me when you're over there. I'm going to Ascend. You know, all I care is, you know, so so the wife can take pictures of the gram. Cool drink. (laughs) (laughs) All right, G's got to go. And we are giving Stacey Ross 75 seconds to convince us that something she cares deeply about is interesting. We'll see how it goes next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710salesports.com.